first thing I would say is, uh, the first thing that I would say about playing gigs is that uh, it's sometimes more serious. It's it's a it's a more serious topic than sometimes we give it credit for. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, I strongly believe that if you don't know how to sound good and play well consistently, I personally believe it's not the right thing to do to be playing weddings and funerals. So do you feel like, do you feel like that's mostly your, that feeling is motivated by doing good by the instrument and the other players, or is it also motivated by doing good by the customers, you know, and not- uh, doing good by the customers is like, you know, if you're going to sell your services to a customer, right. The customer is like that. That's the top priority. Yeah. Uh, not so, not so much, you know, the doing well by your, you know, uh, compatriots. Although, you know, that could be a consideration. And the other thing is you want to do, I want to do well by me. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, um, you know, it's funny, we were just on a, uh, call with Jack and he was referencing the Piper that played for, uh, princess Anne's funeral or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't exactly remember. Uh, but, and just how, what a, what a great performance that was. Um, if someone, calls me for a high profile gig, you know, I, I want to think very carefully about whether or not I can do my personal best mm-hmm. uh, for the customer. Another one is like funerals are just kind of obvious, you know, that's, yeah. that's a very sacred thing. And you're sending someone off kind of into eternity. Um, if you don't know how to tune your pipes well, uh, or, you know, if you, if you know that you have 47 crossing noises and amazing grace, like that, you know, you should probably not be in, in the market to play gigs yet one man's opinion feel free to disagree but like that would be the first thing i would say uh you know here's a real world example i don't book saint patrick's day gigs interesting i like i I don't i don't do i I won't play in bars not going to do it and like i'm not going to do these weird things i've done a few over the years i've done a few over the years and i personally really do not enjoy that experience it feels like you're leaving money on the table by not doing that so you must really not enjoy it huh well, but I think it would be the wrong thing to do, right? So if the mm-hmm. bar is going to hire me, they want like a high energy guy who's stoked to be there, you know, uh, in the cesspool of super drunk people at their bar I, and just kind of like, I see. and then yeah. hamming it up and, and doing all those fun things. I have no interest in doing that. So you'd show up with, you'd show up with an immaculate uniform and with technical proficiency, but not so much a party attitude. And what they're looking Correct. for is a party attitude. Exactly. I so see. like, and I'm not, I have zero interest in doing that. Uh, yeah, am I, I? I suppose technically, I'm turning down a bunch of money, but uh, you know, that's them's the ropes. I don't think it would be a hundred percent, you know, the right thing to just grab all those gigs and then show up and be kind of grumpy and not that happy about doing it. Yeah. So. No, so, that's that's uh, a nuanced view that I can appreciate. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, you kind of. And then meanwhile, like you know, meanwhile funerals and and weddings. I know I you know I can I could be that professional piper. I can. At least at this stage of my life, I can look fairly sharp, I can look the part, and I can sound really nice, uh, and I can do what a, uh, you know, I can do a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, those are things, um, those are things to think about. Did that answer the question or did I? That gets, off on that's the first step there. That's like, should you do the gigs or not in the first place? So right. then say yes. you've decided like, no, I do feel confident. I think I could do a good job. Now I'm going to get out there in the market. How do you get yes. out there in the market? Right. If you feel, here's another, uh, just another thing 
that that'll help bridge the gap. Uh, if you feel like the best price to quote the client is a price that you know is lower than the competition, it's a good sign you're not ready to do this yet. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so the, the thing, like what's the right price to quote or how are you going to interact with uh, potential leads? It's like, you know, my personal view on this is I would never compete on price. Okay. I would decide what I think my performance is worth and that's going to be the price that I quote uh, mm-hmm. the potential lead. So right. you keep that uh, and, internal where you're going, what am I worth? Not what is so-and-so charging, you know, two exactly. towns over. I'm going to undercut mm-hmm. him by 20 bucks. Yeah. You're never going to win that battle. And yeah. uh, it's going to be kind of discouraging, right? Like yeah. I'm not going to – we already talked about how at a gig, most gigs, I want to produce my personal best musical and aesthetic performance, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to do that for 125 bucks. Just mm-hmm. not going to do it. Right. And yeah. there are guys out there who are going to put together uh, a less than optical musical performance. Maybe they'll look the part, but for 125 bucks, I think the odds that they're less than optimal looking is probably high as well. Right. So, uh, so that has to defor- you know, that's going to inform my decision. And then another, mm-hmm. another tip thing, uh, something I've learned over 30 years of playing and doing a lot of gigs and stuff is uh, you're not charging them for your appearance at the gig. You're charging them for that plus all of the preparation that goes into doing a good job, which includes getting the kilt and the spats, not the spats, I don't wear spats, but the kilt and the spats and the shirt and the tie properly pressed and looking sharp and doing all that stuff. And then, you know, for me to get my bagpipe to sound absolutely optimal at a gig, uh, that requires probably two hours total of bagpipe prep, like leading Mm -hmm. up, you Mm -hmm. know, getting the pipes warmed up. So I'm really charging them for like, three or four hours of, you know, a highly skilled work. Yeah. Right. So that could be one of the frustrating things when a customer reaches out to you and says, I only need 10 minutes of piping. It's like, well, correct. Okay. But you still two hours of prep, whether they need 10 minutes or an hour, it's still Mm -hmm. all that prep. Yep. And another tip is I book for, I bill additional for uh, any travel time beyond half an hour. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I make sure that the client kind of knows that. Um, and, you know, some clients will say, no, thanks. That's too much money. Yeah. And then, you know, and then my, uh, you could play one gig for the right amount of money. Okay. And that saves you from having to play two or three gigs for the wrong amount of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, like, you know, I'm a very experienced piper. I do this for a living and I feel like I can produce a high quality thing. So I'll just give you some examples. So generally yeah. speaking, my starting rate for a wedding is $500, mm-hmm. you know, based on some of the stuff that we've already talked about. And then it would be additional money for any rehearsals that were needed or if the travel was lo- further than half an hour away. Right? Weddings so, tend to take a long time too. So you got to be yes. ready for that. And, and, and the clients are more difficult to please. Mm, right. So that, point, that it all goes in and it's it like, no one's to blame for that. I, I you know, I don't know. Why wouldn't they personally. be on the, their wedding day? Right. But exactly. So especially when it comes to the, you know, for the bride, usually, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing it wouldn't always be true, but the bride is, you know, uh, often extremely interested in that being like the absolute best day of their life. Think about that for a second. Right. We don't want to, we don't want to try and undercut the market here. We want to, you know, we want to give them the right price so that we can actually contribute and, and be incentivized to participate in the best day of these people's lives. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's that's a, it's all goes into why that price needs to be what it is. Okay. Um, and and by the way, that's my price. You know, maybe you maybe you want to charge less, or maybe you even want to charge more. Like it's all up for you, all up to you. You got to do that right. And of course, you know, let's be real. We're not going to play gigs and take a loss. Right. Right. So, so there's like, you know, we need to make a profit in our, you know, playing of gigs as well. Uh, We we don't want to make an immorally ridiculously high profit, but you know, we want to make sure it's worth it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my wedding thing. Now I feel like, and then my funeral starting rate, this might surprise you. The funeral starting rate is half that. So, so if I get a call for a funeral, I like, so my rate is two fifty. And then the same sorts of things apply. Like you don't usually have to rehearse for a funeral, but if you did, that would be additional. And then if I have to travel further than half an hour, that's also additional. But I feel like funerals are, the clients are way lower maintenance, you know, and, and, uh, and sometimes your client is actually the funeral home, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, so the, the, the client is way lower maintenance and that's not a judgment. That's just a fact, right? Like, it's like, here's the, here's the job we need you to do. Um, and then usually the performances are really simple. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, just kind of need you to play Amazing Grace at the end and then wander off into the distance. Cool. Yeah. So because the, you know, because that is so much easier. And, and then the other thing I personally believe is like, you know, um, like a funeral is really important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it's like a hugely, you know, you want to help people when they're going through these difficult times. And like, you know, funerals are expensive and it's not going to be that hard for me to do a good job here. So the, the price is significantly lower for the funeral. And that, I, I've arrived at that over many years of playing gigs. Um, it it and, actually and makes – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. No, that, I, I guess I was just going to say that's what I think about that. And then I was going to hand it over to you. Uh, well, it just it, – it, it's uh, – mm, is the word encouraging? It's uh, somehow good to me to hear exactly – because actually – after a few years of gigging myself, I've also arrived at exactly the same spot where funerals are half my half the starting price of weddings for me as well. Yeah. So that, that feels about right to me for sure. So so yeah. how do you get them though? Do you reach out to wedding planners to get in their books? Do you reach out to funeral homes to get cards on their front desk? Or are you getting on gig salad, you know, getting on indoor yard sale groups on Facebook, uh, start a website, try to build some SEO? Mm-hmm. It's a great, that's a great question. Uh, and I've done it all over the years. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, it, and it all depends on how, how much you want to do with gigs, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me at this point in my bagpiping career, I do no promotion and I'm really honestly not interested in doing any gigs. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I personally, I'm not in the gig market, so I don't do mm-hmm. anything. I have leftover website from when I did want to do a lot of gigs, and that will still sometimes generate gigs for me. Um, and then when people contact me and say, hey, can you do a gig? Uh, nine times out of 10, I'm referring them onward because I'm not like super interested. Uh, but sometimes it's like, hey, I've got a gig that's two minutes from your house and it's on a day when you're not busy and I'm happy to pay the price that you want. And it's like, cool, I'll do a gig. No problem. But, yeah. um, but for me personally, that's on the more rare side at this point. Now, meanwhile... Back when I was young, like that was a big part of my income. Mm-hmm. So I, I tried it all. I did the gig salad. I did the, uh, you know, I did the mail merge and tried to contact all the funeral homes. Um, 
you know, another thing to do is just get to know other gigging pipers in your area and, and share leads back and forth with each other. Like, you know, uh, Pat will give me the gigs he can't do and I'll give the gigs to Pat that I can't do. And it, and it, it kind of ends up, you know, help others to help yourself kind of thing. Uh, you know, that might be one of the most successful things. Um, and uh, I, I you know, found that to be huge too. Like, yeah. like maybe along the same lines of not undercutting your fellow pipers on price mm -hmm. is that like, there need not be like a competitive attitude. Um, like what, what I found is that with a small network of friends who also play pipes in the area, um, the amount that we're able to share gigs between each other, not only does it make it so we all end up playing more, it also helps all of our individual brands, if you will, because none of us has to turn things down, right? We always deliver right. for our funeral homes or for our wedding planners or whatever it is because we can share stuff around. Yep, exactly. Um, cheaper gigs, for lack of a better word, they're not necessarily cheap, but there might be a gig where someone can't afford me. Mm -hmm. I know exactly who to send them to, you know, mm -hmm. it would be maybe a slightly less experienced Piper, someone who wants the hustle life a little bit more. And I could say, you know what? Uh, so-and-so is like going to be a great fit for you. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not in position to do that. You know, um, my rates are higher, you know, I'm, you know, two, the two time. No, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. No, you don't have to do that. Right. You just say like, I'm sorry, that's my price, but you know, I, I have several, connections that will do an excellent job for you. Um, and yeah. here's their contact information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's like, you know, that's how I, that's how I approach it. I found it very difficult to, uh, you know, make a, any sort of relevant amount of money playing gigs where I live. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's some competition, many, uh, a lot of which is very high quality here. So I'm going to just be one, of several, you know, good options. Uh, and then it's not a huge city. Now, meanwhile, when I lived in Boston, um, I had several good friends that uh, quite literally made most of their living playing gigs, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's cool. Like, yeah. you know, it worked out. They were, they were kind of in it. And, and by the way, a lot of the things we're talking about, like they didn't compete on price. Like this is the price. This is how it's going to go down. I'm going to pay you for additional, you're going to pay me for additional travel. Like all of that came into play and then sharing around, you know, yeah. like, you know, they would all share gigs with each other and it's like, Hey, this one's closer to you. Can you do it? Cool. And it was with the understanding that, you know, when the Worcester gig came along, you know, that was going to get passed along. So-and-so and, and it all worked out really well. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's just kind of like every now and then I'll do a gig and it's nice found money. Um, and, uh, you know, in the spring and in the fall, like the gigs can actually be kind of pleasant, you know, and then you don't do midwinter, midwinter right, funerals, midwinter. It's like, <laughs> it's like, man, like the, the people better be, you know, the people be better be ready to uh, pay my full rate. Yeah. In the middle of the winter, good Lord. And then in the middle of a, you know, and they don't have that many funerals outside in the middle of the winter, but if I have done a few, Oh yeah. Uh, I've over done the years. some too. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, um, at one time recently, a really cold one, we had our local fire chief from my actual sort of hamlet where yeah. we live in New York. He he passed away, hmm. and um, my neighbor was deputy chief or something like that, and he asked me if I would do it, and I said, yes, I'll do it. Um, and I basically did it for free. I don't think they paid me any money, but, like, it was a lot of super cold outdoor playing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. But those, you know, that those are the ones that, that you just kind of, you kind of just do. Perfect. Yeah. So maybe let's start with weddings. What do you typically do at a wedding? Cause here's the thing. I feel like maybe more so with funerals and less with weddings, but to some degree, people know they want bagpipes, but they might not know exactly what they want the bagpiper to yes. do. And so it's yes. very helpful if you can say, here's what I usually would do. Now, what do you want changed from that? And usually they'll yep. say, yeah, do that. Do what you said. Not only is that important, but I, I would put it right on my website. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is, what, this is what my recommended stuff I do for weddings is. Bam. And like you're going to explain what you're going to do. And then you'll give sound examples of the tunes that they might want to hear and just put it yeah. right there. Yeah. Like Highland, here's what Highland Wedding sounds like. Here's what Highland Cathedral sounds like. Here's what, uh, you know, uh, Mari's wedding sounds like, you know, like right. just give them a lot of options uh, because that'll make them less likely to ask you to play like some really mysterious hymn that doesn't actually, you know, or, you know, things that you're not comfortable playing. So a pop tune that doesn't fit on bagpipes. You're right. Yeah. And then you have to tell them no, which is, you know. Uh, or you have to tell them, or you tell them yes, and you realize later it was a huge mistake to tell them yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or you tell them yes, and you forget all about it until the morning of the gig, and then you're like, oh. Listening to it all the way there, trying yeah. to figure it out on the practice channel. <laughs> yeah. I told them I would play that tune, and I did no work. So uh, yeah. so to have that prepackaged stuff is really useful. Uh, and so you, you get all the tune samples up there, and it's you playing it, so now they know you sound good, and this is roughly what you're going to sound like doing that, which is cool, and they'll usually just pick that. But then also, like, here's what I recommend. And, you know, don't look at my actual website. I don't think I've actually followed my own advice here. But what I would put up there, uh, if I can remember the username and password to edit my old website, <laughs> uh, it would be like, you know, um, you want the Piper to play on and off, you know, in the 15 minutes while people are walking into the church. Like, that might be something that you want. You do not want me to play continuously for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, that just makes guests want to stab their eyeballs out. Even though I'm a pretty good piper, nobody yeah. wants that. Like yeah. like the client thinks they want that, but they don't want that. The bagpipes yeah. are loud. It makes it hard to have a conversation. So like I recommend on and off as people are coming in, perhaps on and off as, you know, during the receiving line at the end, right? Uh, but like that's what I would try to explain to the client and get them to agree to. And then like I'm all for playing the bride up the aisle. I'm all for playing at the back of the church and then letting the bride kind of pass by. That's like the ideal because then you don't have to worry about too much choreography. Totally. Um, and then playing them out as they come out. Like Piper stationary is better logistically. Uh, Piper doing things up and down might look better, but you you know, but that makes it more complex. And then well, it, it and makes every you, chance to trip or fall over or something is yeah. yeah. Yeah, I accidentally, those. I accidentally like I played a friend's wedding once. I forget the exact story, but they always remind me. I, something along the lines of, I basically bumped into the photographer and like smashed their camera lens because oh, you know the photographer didn't realize that I was coming down and like there was like this big uh, interruption or something. And yeah, like and then so more choreography, the more likely they are to want you at the rehearsal. Rehearse right. is going to cost more money. So like, you know, I, I sort of try to uh, professionally explain that. Yeah. So setting expectations from the beginning, you can really avert problems. If you start with, yeah, 200 bucks, I'll come play your funeral or your wedding. And then it's like, oh, you want me for rehearsal? Okay. Well, that's another hundred bucks, right? Oh, you want me to play three times over the course of five hours? Okay. It's actually going to be $700. That's not nearly as nice as starting with like, 
here's what I recommend and here's the price for that and then work from there. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, and and uh, we were already kind of talking about that. Make sure you just kind of have that offering kind of ready to go. And of yeah. course you could do bespoke things. If somebody really wants, you know, uh, some family tune like that, you know, but if it's something that I don't already know that I have to learn, put that in the pricing sheet. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, yep, I can learn this new tune that I've never heard of, but it's a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, like get paid for, get paid for doing the service would be, we've already been over this. That would be my recommendation. You know, do you feel like, like get paid for what it costs to do a great job? I, I feel like too, with weddings, like over time, like I didn't, I didn't figure this out for a while, but I've begun to figure out that it's great to go and say hello to the photographers and the DJs, partly because they might yeah. be able to reference work to you later, but also yeah. partly because you might want to coordinate with that DJ at the after party and you might want to get some photos from that photographer oh, after the, way, the event. By the way, after party costs more money. <laughs> yeah, better, right? Yeah. Or oh, cost hey, more money you and like, feed you and stuff, right? Yeah, hey, do you mind coming over to the reception hall and just playing a few more minutes? Answer. <laughs> for more money, yes. Because yeah, you'll be there for six, and, seven and that, hours. You need, to, you need to think of Yeah, exactly. And like you can end up feeling guilty uh, for not – you could end up feeling guilty if you leave. But yeah, so uh, my, that wedding performance, it's like you get one hour of performance window time. And right. anything, you know, anything significantly beyond one hour is X number of dollars per hour. Like yeah, that's, my that's how hourly. I roll. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you could do that differently, but, uh, over many years I've, I've experienced that it's like, you know, you, this is, this is kind of what it is. Yeah. And it, it needs to be that way. Cause then you, you do, you get, someone asks you to do something off the cuff and you're like, I guess I kind of have to say yes, because I didn't really lay out any expectations and yeah. like, here I am. And, you know. Yeah, it could be tough. Weddings cost yeah. more for this reason because they'll do that to you. And mm-hmm. not that they're like nasty people or anything, but yeah, you know, they'll they'll end up realizing, oh, this piper's cool and people are really digging it. So like, hey, can can you stay at the reception and like play Hava Nagila? And uh and the answer is like, bro, we, we talked about this. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you booked me for this and and uh, you know. If, but if you've set it up from the beginning with what your additional hourly is, et cetera, then they can say, hey, can you come and do this? I'll for sure pay you for it. And that's, yes. that's the ideal situation. Yep. Cool. So what about funerals? Because that's, that's a different animal, right? Yes. Um, and, and I know that like, I know some pipers who like to play the funeral and like stick around to talk to people afterward. And that's fulfilling to them and that, that they build a network that way. For me personally, I've never felt super comfortable doing that. I kind of want to disappear while I'm still playing. I park my yes. getaway vehicle, you know, like drive yes. away entirely. Um, yep. But that's, that's my style. There's different ways. Hey, yeah, tell me about how you would do a funeral. So 100%. So like one of the biggest, you, you mentioned the getaway vehicle, like that's the number number one thing. And like, it sounds a little goofy and weird, but, but like, it's just, you're right in the sense that figuring out where to position your vehicle is a clutch element of mm-hmm. the, for, you know, a little pun there, car, yeah. clutch, <laughs> something like that. Car uh, it's, humor. A, it's a clutch element of the process. So like you you don't want to park your car right in the middle where you get stuck and you can't leave until everyone else leaves. So I usually like put my car somewhere in the cemetery, but like where it's seen like close to the exit. So uh, pointing toward the exit too. (laughs) Yep. And then I kind of learned that from doing a few gigs uh, with Adam Holdaway, a great piper from Boston. Uh, He, you know, he would, uh, 
he would do that amazing grace piper fades off into the distance thing every time and i never really i'd never really put two and two together i'd never really done that uh but it's it's a great way to do it and it's very dramatic and cool so you play amazing grace once through and on the second time through, you just start to do the bagpiper Peabrock wander kind of mm-hmm. off into the distance. Um, and then you disappear over the hillside and, you know, hey, what do you know? Your vehicle's right there and, and like you're ready to go. You I mentioned hillside. Feel- That's the ideal. That's why I love cemeteries that are on hills because then yeah. you can hide your car and you can disappear and the sound fades away. It's all that's the perfect situation. Yeah, like it's worth kind of figuring out those little aesthetic details. It really is. Um, and it might not always work out perfectly, and that's okay. I agree with you. I don't think the piper hanging around and mingling is quite the right look if you can avoid it. Well, and here's you like I, I do I have friends who do it and seem to do it really well, is the thing. So like it definitely doesn't yeah. work for me, but they for them, like it's it seems to be like fulfilling to them personally and to the families. They seem to have a knack for it. So maybe it's just a skill set I don't possess, right? But yeah, I kind of go I, with the flow. It's yeah. a go with the flow thing, you yeah. know, um, but, um, but yeah, that's, yeah. Figuring out the positioning seems to be key. And then, uh, and then, yeah. And then with the funeral, like I said, I don't bill as much. However, if they want you to play at the church and at the graveyard, that's more money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because that's two different things. And then the church, it, the church is usually similar to the weddings. They're like, Hey, can you play as people come in? Absolutely. That's great. Or as people leave or as people are getting into the, uh limos or whatever to or go play the, the casket to the hearse or something like that yeah like all that's on the table it's all, all of that's good and then that little tidbit where you know just for the record you don't actually want me to play continuously for half an hour as people come in right mm-hmm. it's like it would be much better to just go i usually go like one minute on two minutes off or something you know yeah. continuously for half an hour that tends to be a good mix also like especially at half an hour you might get a few people coming in and you don't actually need to play for five minutes because no one's actually coming in. And yes. so it's just sort of like when you play a parade, like you don't want to play the entire time. Yeah, that's that's an expectation that I learned after a few gigs to set that like if I set an expectation that I would be playing continuously as people arrived and then the first two cars show up and I start playing, it's like then I'm stuck playing for maybe 30, 40 minutes before everybody's there. So yep. uh, set the expectation any breaks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then I think let's conclude this discussion just by saying I think everybody's going to have their own style and it's probably totally fine. Uh, the only thing I would encourage is just that your style is, you know, provides maximum value to the client. And however, however you deliver that, as long as the client is getting great value out of you being there, um, you know, that's the, um, that's the name of the game and I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. The problem with undercutting the price, right, and going cheap, the problem with that is the more you do that, the less and less you will be incentivized to do a great job. And then if you think about it, if you think about it over time, that's a bad look. For sure. Right. Oh, I got another funeral today. I got to go do right. That's not how you want to approach a funeral. What, you know, and, and that, but that can happen if you're just charging $90 for a funeral, you know, by funeral number 10, that's going to be your attitude. I want to make sure for a funeral, that's like, man, if, if, uh, if I had a piper for a, a, a funeral, like of a loved one that had that attitude, that would be bad. I would be very upset by that. So I, you know, I charge enough money that it's like, okay, cool. I'm, you know, got 350 bucks here because I'm playing at the church. 
and the graveyard, 350 bucks. Cool. Like I'm going to iron my shirt. I'm going to, I'm going to trim up the, uh, uh, I'm going to trim up the beard or whatever a little bit, try and, you know, make sure I, I look the part and then I'm going to get the pipe sounding good and it's no big deal. I'm getting enough compensation to make it totally worth it. And I'll be able to deliver an excellent product to the client period. And then, and then just to reiterate, uh, it takes more money to make me excited about doing that for a wedding. Uh, so, but therefore, that's why I need to charge that more money because um, if I don't, then I'm going to end up not being the best version of, of myself at those things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nobody's fault. It's just the way that it is. Like weddings are, you know, like the need to be the most perfect, dazzling, aesthetically pleasing day of people's lives and so you know to to get me into that role it's, it takes a little bit more to incentivize me personally and so that's that's why i price things a little bit higher yeah totally did uh it's also just by the way basic economics supply and demand right if you're if there's a lot of demand but not a lot of pipers you can charge more and probably right. should right yeah uh and then meanwhile if it's uh like me uh meanwhile if it's uh tons of demand but also tons of pipers uh the price will probably have to come down mm -hmm. a little bit in order to land a, uh, and then meanwhile if there's tons of supply of pipers but not that much demand like you know uh that that could play into things too hey everybody andrew douglas here from the pipers dojo and i just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast if you enjoyed what you heard here today, it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.